by Team Corker. As we dive into this new year called 2021, I am very excited to have a special guest. We are recording this in Vancouver, though Dominic is bound for his home in Germany. And when this comes out, he will be back in Germany. So I feel like we have a a global podcast coming to you this week. And I was so inspired by Dominic's story because in many respects, you could consider him to be someone who has you know, embarked upon life in what would seem like ordinary ways, and yet he's been so utterly extraordinary. And these are the hidden stories that I don't feel like we get exposure to all the time. And so I was so grateful that he agreed to come on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Dominic. Thanks, Steph. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So you may or may not know this, but one of my big, sweet, juicy goals and dreams in life is to hike or maybe run or maybe walk very slowly the Camino de Santiago. And when I learned that you had not only crossed the Camino, you have written a book about your stories of it. I thought there is no better place for me to be completely self-indulgent and learn all about this journey. And that's where I want to begin this conversation. And I want to preface our listeners with beginning this conversation here because the winter's a tough time and it's a, undeniably, we don't have to glorify the toughness. We just get to remember that when we've done tough things, we can do tough things again. And so here you are having done a tough thing and we're going to talk about it and talk about much more, but can we start there on the Camino? Oh yeah, totally. I did not know that about you. So that's great. I'm pumped that you're actually planning on doing the Camino yourself. So I did that journey back in 2012. That was only a year after I finished my A-levels, which I think here is high school. Yeah. So you were young. I was very young. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea what I was going to do or what's next in life after finishing high school. And I just Failed Wait, at- let's give us context before yeah. you tell us about failing. I want to hear about mm-hmm. that too. But <laughs> you were living where and where was that in relation to to Spain? And like, is this a common thing that everybody, you know, every German kid goes and does the Camino? <laughs> I wouldn't say so, no. But yes. um, okay, let me start here. So there's, there has been a book that came out in 2006 and it was written by a very famous or the most known comedian in Germany. Mm. and it made the Camino very popular so you could say that the Camino is crowded by by Germans if, if you will uh, because of the book this person was very popular uh, he retired now but this is how I got to know of the Camino and it was a very inspiring read for myself too so only a couple months earlier I did a backpacking trip with two friends of mine and that's where I planted the seed of the idea of going to Spain to walk the Camino Mm. and I learned Spanish in school so I thought that's the perfect place to go for a whole month and (laughs) yeah just meet people from all over the world basically and have interesting and inspiring conversations with them. So did you do this by yourself? Yep I started by myself and obviously you get to know people from day one on and you're never entirely by yourself Uh, but I started it on my own yeah. So you started on your own and for context, how far away from your home in Germany is this hike? 
so I took a bus and the ride was more than 24 hours long. It was really bad. I arrived there in a very poor state and it wasn't a great experience, but I was excited for it to be finally over. But on my way back, I booked a flight. That was the better option <laughs> for sure. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. And for people that don't know, how long, well, how long is the Camino or how long did you hike? Because I know some people don't do the hike in its entirety. Yeah. So there's basically multiple Caminos. There is one Camino that is most known and it's called Camino Frances. It's just the most popular one. The one that many people read of in the Camino Frances starts just north from the French Pyrenees in a village called Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port. And from there, it's 800 kilometers through the north of Spain to Santiago de Compostela. Did you hike 800 kilometers? Yeah, I did within a month. So on a daily basis, you would hike an average of 25 kilometers or so. There were days when I hiked 40 kilometers or more. And those were the toughest ones. Like I knew that running a marathon was hard, but hiking the marathon distance can also be pretty hard. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and did you take any days off in that month? I took one day off and that one was day. mainly due to my atrocious looking feet. Like yeah. they were, <laughs> I, I don't know what happened to them, but they were broken basically. Mm, yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay. So your feet were broken and I had cut you off when you were about to tell us that you had failed a year of school. I was referring to my childhood dream that unfortunately I failed at accomplishing it. I wanted to become a pilot mm. at Lufthansa, uh, the yeah. German airline. And there is a test where you only get one shot to pass it. And I prepared pretty hard. I really wanted to do it. And I read all the books there are, and unfortunately, I didn't pass it. Like mm -hmm. there's, there's three stages of the selection process. There's the basic qualification, there's the group qualification, and the medical screening at the very end. And I failed at the very first one. Mm. Failure might be too big a word here because only, only a small fraction of the people who apply get to the next stage. So. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be too hard on myself, but at the time it, it felt really like a failure because that's all I wanted to do. I've, I've always been looking forward to accomplishing that dream of mine that I had from a very early age. And yeah, so I failed at that. I didn't know what was next. I read the book, was inspired and just needed some time and distance to figure out what I was going to do, you know, for a living instead. Mm. It's so timely. And thank you for sharing that because, you know, January is the time we set goals and January 21st is the time we give up on our goals. And <laughs> sometimes we have control over our goals and sometimes we don't. And sometimes it's worth continuing to hike in pursuit and sometimes it's not. And we get to decide that, but hopefully not too soon or hopefully in imperfect timing and we let the the world unfold as it's meant to. And it sounds like undeniably you've gone on to do such interesting things since then, including coming over to study in Canada. But in there, you wrote a book and you wrote a book about your journey. And I want to know, first of all, if writing a book was ever a goal. It became a goal once I started doing it, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Like I took notes during the Camino, uh, during that journey. And 
I just wanted to share my experiences mainly with my family and friends. Before that, every trip or every journey I would do, I would take my camera, take photos and videos and show that to my family and friends, mm. which is a great way of sharing your experiences. But I wanted to try out writing and I really liked it. Like I came back, started putting my notes into sentences and from there, I mean, it took me a whopping seven years to finally finish it because I worked on it on and off for like seven years just because life happened in between. I had to put it on hold for a while and then picked it up again. And eventually I published it, the German version, in early 2019. Then in May 2020, I published the English version. And now I'm aiming to release the audiobook version of it, which has been a huge challenge by early next year. Gosh. First of all, congratulations. That is Thank very you so much. cool. Thank you. And you have seen so much of the world change because, you know, years back when you're writing in a journal, were you writing in a journal or were you writing electronically to document the journey? No, I only took handwritten notes in a Hand- little notebook. Yeah. Yeah. And then did you share those electronically? No, I did not. I did not. Okay. Uh, nobody has seen or read my my handwritten notes. <laughs> so, but the, really, it went from handwritten notes to then mm-hmm. creating a, a book, which is no small feat. As you said, it took seven years. Yeah. Gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. What was the journey like to to birth this project to to share your story with the world? Can you? Uh, elaborate on my question. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, just before we hit record, we said how I said how how much I love Germans because they're so direct and I'm so not. And sometimes right. my words get mixed up. What <laughs> I want to know is a seven year project is a long time. And I mm-hmm. want to know what it felt like to finish that to cross the finish line and say, I made this book for you world. The hike was seven years prior. So what kind of feelings came along with the completed version of your book? When I first started out writing it, I was very hyped on it, on the idea of writing a book, the idea of becoming an author, quote unquote, even though originally my idea was to only share it with my family and friends, but I became very ambitious about the project and I wanted to share it to even more people, the people I walked the Camino with or mm. the people I met there. That's also why I wanted to translated into English to share Mm -hmm. to even more people like the idea grew and grew and grew over the years and became more ambitious and once it was done I was obviously very very happy about it but I knew it wasn't quite done yet Mm because I still had to translate it into English still record the audiobook and gosh it has been very long project and I'm I'm glad for it to be over soon so I can move on with another Mm -hmm. idea or project that I have in mind Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm I'm so grateful that I followed through with it and yes. that I accomplished what I set out to do because I never wanted to be a quitter saying you would do something and then you don't follow through with it. Like mm-hmm. you just uh, quit. And I never liked myself to become such person. So it was really important for me to, to finish it. That was very important for me. Mm. Well, this is so timely because the joy of hosting this podcast is having interesting conversations that we might not otherwise hear or have. And those interesting conversations are nuggets just like that, that say, I knew it would be hard, but it was important for me to finish. Or 
I might have wanted to quit. And this is what it felt like to not quit. And this is what it felt like to, to finish something because I actually recently read something, which I thought was quite neat. An older gentleman broke his life up into five year chunks. And on his 70th birthday, he said he felt like he had five, five year chunks remaining. So I guess he thought he was going to live to 95. And Mm -hmm. he said, I'm going to start a project and I'm only going to give myself five years to finish it. And whatever that project is, it could be learning something new, writing a book. And, you know, this is what five years would look like. And, you know, this took seven, but you've made a memory and you've completed something. And now, I mean, as per your note to me before this podcast, you have other really exciting and interesting goals. COVID may have shifted some of them, but if we take, you know, this seven year journey of an 800 kilometer hike and a book and different languages and, and audio versions, what are you up to next? What else are you really excited about? And know that I ask you this because when you share these things, it gives other people permission to share their goals and dreams. It gives other people permission to dream and to dream in ways that we might say, I have no authority to say I want to become an author but I really do. And this is what it looks like for me. And I literally wake up in the morning to hear these kinds of stories. So (laughs) very self-fulfilling here. I want to know what's next for you, Dominic. Apart from writing or working on this project, I'm also a very ambitious recreational athlete. I'm a lot into running. I consider myself a runner first, but I also like to cycle. And back in school, I was also swimming and that makes a great um, triathlete triathlete yeah <laughs> at least in theory i haven't raced a triathlon a triathlon yet but i was signed up for victoria 70.3 for this year it obviously got cancelled and apparently they cancelled the entire event so it's yeah. no longer going to take place even next year so i'm really bummed out about that because i heard only good things about victoria in particular but I'm still training. I'm still running. I'm still cycling. I have to say, I only picked up cycling early this year. I bought a bought a new bike, a road bike. I never had a road bike. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm having so much fun with it. Amazing. Uh, both indoors on Swift as well as outdoors in Vancouver. It's just an amazing place to ride your bicycle in with all the, the mountains. But also the other way to, let's say, Steveston, having more of a flatter route. It's just so much fun. And yeah. Yeah. And now will you take, I mean, there are great races back in your homeland, you know, so if you're back in Germany, there's lots of great triathlons and lots of great roads for you to ride there. For sure. The dream is not dead. (laughs) It's not dead yet. No, it's It's it's, not dead. uh, uh, In fact, it's pretty much alive. Yeah. (laughs) Very alive. I'm curious how, you know, you've been in Vancouver, you're now returning back to Germany. How does going home feel having taken this time to come here and study and have a career? And, and what does that look like for you back in Germany? Is, is it similar to Vancouver? Is it different? <laughs> I hate to be so German and be direct, but I, yeah. did, I just need to uh, correct you on, on one thing. I didn't come here to, to study, but I came here for work. Oh, for just work. I'm sorry. I thought you no, were no, no worries. No worries at work. all. No worries at all. So I started my career. My first job was in, in London, UK. Then I went back to Germany for a while, applied for a working holiday visa for Canada. Luckily, I got it within a year. And then I came here without a job lined up. But then once I got here, I was hired within a month. And that's two years ago. And the working holiday visa was valid for one year. But I like Vancouver so much that 
made me stay here for even longer. And if it wasn't for COVID, I think I would continue to stay here because it's really one of those unique places that you can imagine yourself to spend a huge part of your life at. And that's definitely what Vancouver is for me, at least. And now going back to Germany, obviously, I look forward to seeing my family and friends, which has been a minute (laughs) and just being in my home country and also speaking some German when I'm on the phone with my with my parents I'm struggling sometimes to find to find German words yes you need to go back home and be immersed yes exactly exactly I have two last questions for you and one of those is you have navigated change. You've navigated hard things and you have done it with enough pizzazz that you have books, you have new jobs, you've lived in new places. And I want to know the one tip that you would say, I mean, not even in your back pocket, maybe it's hidden in your heart. What has allowed you to navigate change the way in which you have? That's a good question. I think as long as you embrace the change and don't shy away from it you'll be fine I had to learn that as well I've not always been like that or thinking about that that way but I think once you're open for change and don't like I'm huge on self-development and self-improvement and I embrace change I want to change I want to be in uncomfortable situations Just like this podcast here, as much as I enjoy talking to you and to connect to you, it's also very much outside of my comfort zone. I've never been (laughs) on a podcast. I've never put myself out there in audio form for people to listen back to it. It scares the shit out of me, (laughs) to be honest. And just to give you an idea, I don't even send voice messages to friends because I'm, (laughs) yeah, that person. But anyways, I like to be in uncomfortable situations and I think that's the only place your growth can happen and therefore I, I embrace change and yeah. I love it. I love it. I think it's a perfect message in January. It's a perfect reminder that change happens in uncomfortable situations and mm-hmm. these things feel like, you know, I always say they're fun inspo quotes on Instagram, but the reality is when you've lived it, you know what uncomfortable feels like versus what comfort is. And then when you can say, I embraced it, I took one day off on an 800 kilometer journey because my feet were broken. It doesn't mean that the other 30 days of the month, they weren't sore. They just kept walking. And I think that it's the message that I just care so deeply that we relate to each other as humans, that we are all capable, even if we don't send voice messages to share a powerful verbal message over a podcast, <laughs> that you too can be an author, a hiker, a triathlete, marathon runner. You can move to London. You can move to Germany. You can come to Vancouver and fall in love with road biking. It's all possible. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Exactly. Yeah. We wrap the podcast with one final question, and that is, what is making your heart beat faster, my friend? I think my answer to that goes along with what I just said before. So what's currently making my heart beat faster is the uncertainty that we're Mm. all surrounded by. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it in a good way because uncertainty means some sort of uncomfort and I'm okay with that. That's the place where you come up with new ideas, with new solutions. Uh, You have to get creative to make the situation better. And that's why it's important to embrace it, because as long as you do that, you'll be fine. Mm. But once you stop doing that, 
then it can be problematic and then it can be a negative thing. But I'm excited about next year. I'm excited about what's ahead of us. I don't think that 2021 will be what 2020 was supposed to be. <laughs> there was a time when I was naive enough to think that, but I no longer think that will be the case because numbers are rising and everything. So who knows? Yeah. Um, but I'm still excited about what's to come. And I'm a big believer in the saying that the best thing is yet to come. Oh, the best is yet to come. We're going to wrap this uncertainty with a big German hug and <laughs> say that for all the things the Germans know to be true, this German knows that uncertainty is worth a squeeze. Thank you so much for your time. I'm stoked to publish this conversation and know that the world is small. We'll be following you and hope you come back to Vancouver soil soon. <laughs> Thank you so much, Steph. That was exciting. <laughs> so much fun. Thank you. Thank you.